0: Hello, folks. Welcome to Thanks for the Knowledge, Fanbyte's weekly news show, rounding up the headlines and games, entertainment, and one handy podcast. I'm your host, head of Fanbyte Media, John Warren. Hope everyone is having an excellent week so far. Um, This is a a big episode. We got uh, got a big week of games to get you caught up with. February has just been unbelievable with games, and this week is probably the biggest one yet so we definitely talk about those games i catch you up with a bunch of top stories of the week but first i wanted to talk to Merritt k about this week's news about nintendo shutting down the 3ds and wii u stores Hey, Nintendo did some shit um this week that was uh pretty wild. And with me to talk uh talk about it is our very own Merritt Kay. Hi Merritt. Hi, John. Hi. Um they they dropped some news at uh what was it, eight PM Eastern on a Monday, that they're basically shutting down the three DS and Wii U shops in March twenty
1: twenty three. Uh yeah. Yeah. Coming uh, on the wake of some similar kinds of announcements from Sony uh-huh. uh, a couple of months ago, I think, and uh, that decision though was pretty quickly reversed uh-huh. after uh, after people reacted not poorly to yeah. it. Hor- I would say horribly. Yeah, which yeah. I honestly uh, and and I don't mean horribly in the sense of it was unjustified because I think it absolutely was justified.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this is just the latest in a long line of decisions that have Nintendo uh, taking away access to games, making it tough to find games that are just incredibly difficult to to play, especially in in the sense of the, the DS and 3DS, which have that dual screen. And like, it's a very specific platform for a very specific thing. Wii U is kind of the same deal. And... Now they're basically just shutting down access, legal access to these games, um, which is really frustrating uh, for me. And I know it's frustrating for you and a lot of other people. Um, what, um, I, what, what, how, how do you react to this kind of news?
1: I mean, I think it speaks to the disposability of video games as a medium. Yeah. Um, maybe more so than any other uh, mass culture. I really do feel like the expectation with video games is that you will be playing the new one that like why would you want to play the old one the new one's going to be better and and that's changed a little bit and yeah. and we've seen like companies sort of recognize interest in retro gaming over the years and then um we had you know nintendo has put out these micro consoles over yes. the last uh 10 years or so and those were really well received to the point that it was impossible to find uh-huh. uh, an NES or an SNES uh, mini for a long time and other companies have kind of followed suit. I have the, the Turbo Graphics mini. Yeah. And, uh, at the same time though, there's still like, we've moved to almost in like the opposite direction of where I feel like we should be going because mm-hmm. it's really odd to think that during the Wii era, we had it comparatively good, <laughs> uh, uh-huh. because yeah. that was a time in which you could pay $5 to download, uh, and it, like a Nintendo 64 game, a Genesis game, a TurboGrafx game, whatever, a la carte and just have that on your Wii and be able to play it whenever. And it was easy. Yeah. Uh, it had that great music. We all loved oh, the Wii yeah. Shop music. It was it was perfect. Uh, and now we sort of just have the Switch Online, which is a subscription service because everything is now and uh, has an v- embarrassing <laughs> selection of, uh, of games. And they made big fanfare. But, wow, we've got Nintendo 64 now. And it's like. It's. Who it's a, is this for it's I,
0: 130 games across NES, SNES, in 64, and Sega Genesis. And, out of its and some entire of those are the, catalog, yeah,
1: some of those are the heavy hitters. Like you got, you've got the expected ones on there. Um, some expected although, ones. Some yeah. expected ones. Although some weird omissions. Like I mean, Earthbound just went up, or just went on up. the Super Nintendo yes. online. And for a long time, I thought that they were going to try to resell it to us for sixty dollars because. Yeah. I feel like Nintendo kind of knows that they have people over a barrel where people still, I mean, we're talking about, I guess, people like approaching their 40s in some cases, people who yeah. grew up with with the stuff in the 80s and 90s. But like those people still have such intense brand loyalty to yes. this company. And and that company continues to make these really important childhood connections with people because their games are targeted. Like a lot of them are Targeted at, or or at least like kid friendly, yeah. Um, They've kind of maintained that image over the decades, and so you you get people in early, and (laughs) this is more nefarious than I I think it. I'm making it sound more nefarious than it is, but it's like you get people in early, and then they have such positive feelings invested in your company. So when you do something like, hey, we're taking away the ability to buy all the stuff, then you'll just be like, oh, I'll just buy the next Pokemon. It's fine. It's Nintendo. I love these guys.
0: Yeah, no, that's I think that's exactly what's happening. It's a it's a uh, it's it's a in the moment kind of thought of, well, Nintendo Nintendo once knew what was best for me because they basically shaped my childhood in a very specific way. So, yeah, this is totally fine that they want to basically cut access to things that they absolutely can afford to keep access up for.
1: Right. Um, I mean, and that's the the sort of (laughs) question is like, okay, well, how much could this possibly be costing you? Right. We're talking about a company that they make, like they make Pokemon, which is basically a license to print money. Yes, uh, at this they're point, a hugely and they're certainly profitable not putting company. enough money into those games to sort of. <laughs> they're not. Like we know, they're, they're, not. they're not. Yeah, that's not where that money is going. So it's going no. somewhere, and apparently, it's not going into, you know, whatever pocket change they would need to keep these servers up. Yeah, because. I can't imagine that the cost is is that high. The cost, no. sorry, the cost of letting people buy things from you, first of all. It's not like they're not doing a public service right. or anything. Um, yeah. It's not like they're saying, oh, this stuff is free forever. We'll put it up. Uh-huh. Uh, just they, they refuse to sell it to you anymore. And then, you know, people will say, well, that's their right. And, um, you know, it's you didn't, um, you know, there's and user license agreements that you read when you use these things and they say that they reserve the right to shut down at any time. To basically shut it down. Yep. Yes, absolutely. That's true. It's also true that if, um, if someone just came to you and said, Hey, uh, so that book that you liked when you were a kid, um, we aren't publishing it anymore. And if you get a PDF of it or anything like that, then you're going to, Go to jail <laughs> mm-hmm. it's people it would be ridiculous like hey mm-hmm. if you want to watch all of the sopranos you need five different expensive vcrs mm-hmm. but maybe one day we'll put them all out on blu-ray
0: uh-huh yeah um it's it, it seems ridiculous for them in this they, they released a statement and by the way i'll, I'll, I'll also mention a very weird part of this oh, entire God, yeah. news cycle which is There was a section in it. It's basically it's basically positioned like a QA. and a you know, where they say this is part of the natural life cycle for any product as it becomes less used by consumers over time, blah, 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 blah. But there was this part where it, it poses this question. Um, (laughs) this is still so funny to me.
1: Wild to me because this is such an unforced error. It's so
0: wild. I couldn't believe this. It says this is on a Nintendo official Nintendo release. Once it is no longer possible to purchase software in Nintendo eShop on Wii U and the Nintendo 3DS family of systems, many classic games for past platforms will cease to be available for purchase anywhere. Will you make classic game uh, games available to own some other way? If not, then why? Doesn't Nintendo have an obligation to preserve its classic games by continually making them available for purchase? And then their answer is basically no. You should get no, Nintendo yeah. Switch Online, okay, which has access to 130 games or whatever.
1: Games. Okay. The only explanation I can think of, and this was taken down almost yes, immediately. Almost immediately,
0: um, that section of this was removed from was the Q and A. It was cut yeah. out
1: entirely. Uh, all like, I'm just like looking at this, and I'm like, there's no way that someone thought that that was like a good thing to bring up, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, we're going to get ahead of this by by addressing it firsthand. That my my crazy conspiracy brain is like someone who works there Yeah they got in It's like this is a fucking terrible idea and Yes. I'm going to bring it to people's attentions by putting this in. And then when someone else like discovered it, they're like, You have to do it remove it right yeah. now. Yeah. Like, but they're weird. I,
0: I don't actually think there's any other explanation. Like, I really don't there's there, like that's not even tinfoil hat shit like i do think that like because the way it's phrased doesn't nintendo have an obligation to preserve yeah, its, its classic a, games
1: it's like, it's like a leading question it's a leading, leading question. them away from where they would want to yeah be. Like, there's not there's not a satisfying
0: <laughs> there's not a satisfying from nintendo's perspective there is not a satisfying answer that follows yeah. that question like right they basically say here is this platform which has a fraction of the games that we're talking about, and also none. By the way, none of the games that are actually being shut down, like like they they right, point us right. to a thing that doesn't have 3ds and Wii U games on it. Yep. And and forget all that. In five years, six years, whenever the the Switch actually ends its life cycle, and we get the Switch Two or whatever the fuck, this is probably going to go away too. So like, what? Why the fuck would I? Why would anybody trust this as a suitable replacement for just leaving a storefront open?
1: It's, it's like th- it was written in such a way that you would expect the answer to be like, you're totally right. So we are making all of these games available, <laughs> right? Like, it does, which are on this emulation software or something, and just, yeah, like, they're just like no, yeah, so, like I can't see it as anything but just like someone on the inside being like, "This fucking sucks." Yeah, um, someone and, went, someone
0: went gremlin mode, and bless yeah. them. I hope they still have a job. I guess. Uh, yeah, me
1: too. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's like I mean, it's even more egregious in the case of Nintendo because like these are, you know, ever since the DS and the Wii their hardware has been kind of weird, right? Yeah. Um, it isn't just a computer in a box. It's a computer in a box with motion controls or with a touch yeah. screen or with a microphone. And that stuff, th- that hardware stuff is harder to emulate. It's not impossible. Um, like you can play Boktai on an emulator. You, yes. can play a, you can play Diaz games on an emulator pretty easily, but it's like, it makes it that much more egregious, right? Like right. these are so hard to to get access to and to play and you're just saying fuck off and it's it's wild that uh back in like the 2000s there was sort of this perception of like Microsoft as just like the bad guys in gaming where they were right. like coming in with all their money and like we're gonna do it we're gonna make a video game now and uh, obviously that perception has changed somewhat but like in part it's been <laughs> because of their practices I think like obviously they're still like a huge company they're still gobbling up developers and, and companies and stuff. And that's kind of scary. But uh, th- when it comes to preservation, they've been like really good about this stuff. And right. when you look at like their approach to to software, that isn't actually that surprising. Like, so if you have a Windows 10 computer and you can try this right now, if you're at home, uh, if you try to save a file as con.txt, uh, it'll say you, you can't do that. Or aux, au 3 it'll say... You can't do that. Sorry. And that's because those were reserved for uh, certain DOS files in 1974. <laughs> and Microsoft still keeps those like blocked in case anyone is running Windows 10 and and using some kind of program from yes. the, the 1970s. And obviously, like, that's not going to like stick around forever, but it's been a long ass time. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's that's still a really like, long yeah, time. if you were running one of these, it would still work. Yeah. Whereas yeah, like, which I, the I 3DS mean that's, you were like a decade ago. They're a
0: decade ago, and I think like that—that that is the right approach to have with this stuff. I don't think there is, um, I I do think there is a way forward to basically preserve all this stuff and make it fairly accessible. I mean, I know a lot of people that still play their 3ds. I know a lot of people that still, um, because it's it, it's going to go through one of those weird. Um, uh, revisionist history things. I think the Wii yeah. U will go through this too and, and I think so, yeah. Um, I don't know. For for those things to be within a decade and to be shut down like this, um uh I don't know. It's embarrassing. But what so for someone at home that is frustrated by this and kind of despondent about um about just kind of the the yeah a a lot of companies basically removing legal access to these games like what do what do you tell them
1: yeah i mean the first like thing that i guess i feel obligated to say that is uh i'll I'll sort of go from uh, most legal to to less sure um having physical copies of stuff is like really one of the only ways that you can guarantee that this isn't gonna get taken away from you. Yep. Um, the problem is that over the course of the pandemic, people with too much money and not enough to do decided that video games would be a good thing to speculate on. Yep. And so even relatively recent and even hugely popular games that got like hundreds of thousands of copies printed uh, are incredibly expensive yes. for the 3DS now, which is is absurd. Um, the The next thing you could do, if you have a 3DS or a Wii U already, those consoles or like those, those pieces of hardware are some of the best pieces of hardware for gaming when it comes to homebrew and, uh, and hacking. So yeah. people have done incredible things with, with those, um, with those platforms. And I would say it's in your interest to, if you have one of those things and you're like, well, I'm not going to ever be able to download more stuff for this. And I don't want to pay $200 for a copy of, uh, you know, Pokemon's uh, son or whatever Uh five years from now um, is to look online and look into ways of of cracking this stuff. And I think people maybe still think this is really hard and intimidating to do. Uh, It's gotten much easier. It's gotten a lot easier. My next suggestion is, and this doesn't unfortunately really apply to the 3DS and Wii U specifically, but there is a whole cottage industry at this point of basically handhelds running Android or Linux that just come with uh, like an SD uh, SD card slot yep. that you can install all kinds of stuff onto. Um, there are tons of guides. Retro Game Core is a really great YouTube channel great that i use. used. YouTube channel, yeah. And um, these consoles range from, you know, like $50 to like a few hundred, depending on how much power you want in them. But for about $100, you can get something that will be able to run pretty much anything from... The Nintendo sixty four and back, and even maybe some Dreamcast stuff. Yes. So, so like, where are you going to get those ROMs? Like, uh,
0: we 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 can't tell we you can't here. Legally
1: really, say I guess, but 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 when it comes to really old systems, all that yeah. stuff is just on the Internet Archive. Yes. In it no is. intro collections, because at this point it's just like historical materials, right? Yeah. Um so if you want every Atari 2600 game, you can download you that. Can get it's it. like less than 50 megs. Yeah. Um if you want other stuff, look you want to look for no intro collections, which are sort of like the highest level of quality of of ROMs. Yeah. And um if you're thinking, oh well, I feel bad cuz you know I'm stealing this. I remember that being sort of the the thing in the 90s and 2000s of just like you oh, wouldn't
0: download a-, a car.
1: You wouldn't download a car. Is it okay to do this? We're not talking. No, like, we're, we're not. We're putting aside the whole conversation of piracy, which to me is like stuff that is being sold right now. Yeah, and you're saying I don't want to pay for that, which right. that's a whole other conversation to the me. whole other conversation. Preservation, yes. Um, which is stuff that like is is being taken away, is not available anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, I would gladly pay Nintendo a few dollars, even though at this point I, you know, <laughs> I probably shouldn't. But if they were like. Oh yeah, we put every SNES game uh, up on the Switch store. And it's just yep. in a bare bones emulation wrapper, but you can pay five bucks to for any of them that you want. I yep. would be I would. I would. Yep. But the fact is they're not going to do that. And if you want to play older stuff, the best way to do it is either on your computer or if you're like me and just can't sit at, at your computer with a controller to play an old game, get yep. one of these old handhelds. Look up a guide. It's incredibly easy. Um and really like i think modders and and emulators are kind of unsung heroes in the story because they are doing the work of keeping this stuff when companies have no interest in making it available or sometimes even preserving it at all right we do know that nintendo is pretty good with preserving their stuff because we do get these leaks every once in a while right where they have all of this stuff that they'll (laughs) just never let out of their vault yeah but like if they're not going to let it out of the vault then like uh, sorry, like, you know, it's, uh, people are going to make it available. And, um, I feel like they should be encouraging that because these are some of the, their biggest fans who are passionate about this stuff and then trying to play it by any means necessary. And if there were better means to do it, many of them would, but the fact is that there aren't.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, for, in terms of specific handhelds, um, but you should check out Amber uh, I think they're, they're the
1: Amber Nick re- line is really good. Yeah. Um, um they're I really have nice
0: a one P. Yep.
1: I think it's you have the, s- the same one.
0: That's the same. I have, it took me what, like less than an hour to set it up with yep. an SD card and basically a wrapper. And I put some games that I already bought or owned at some point in my life and put them on this thing. And it's a really nice thing to just have and play, uh, you know, play GBA games uh in bed or whatever, or uh, I played Marvel versus Capcom two uh, on that thing right. the other day. Um, And it's like, this is just stuff that it has become ex- incredibly hard to find yeah. in a way that is uh, playable at all on modern systems. No one is uh, doing a great job of keeping up with this stuff. And I do think it is at some point you're, uh, it's, you know, I'll, I'll say like kind of your duty to be a little more involved in how you interact with technology available to you in a yeah.
1: way. Yeah. I mean, I think if you care at all about this stuff, then we need to move past that conversation of, oh, is it OK to do this? Right. To the point of like, at what point does it become people's like responsibility to do this? You know?
0: Yeah. We, we, it seems those people, those people that always kind of ask, you know, I have the ethical quandary about whether this is okay, never seem to be asking the question in the reverse of like, right. why is it ethically okay that the the incredibly rich holders of this content who can, in perpetuity, provide this to us, mm-hmm. um, and with legal means, why are they basically turning this into a scarcity game? Right. Um, no one's asking that question. It feels like yeah. on that side. Yeah, yeah,
1: and and. Also, like if we're talking about games that aren't available, uh, like many of the uh, the games on the 3ds and uh, and Wii U are going to be at that point, if if they're not being sold, and your only alternative is to buy an incredibly expensive used copy, it's right. not like that money is going to any of the developers anyway. No. First of all, no, most it's... of the mo- like most money from game sales is not going to developers. Uh-uh. Um, you could make the argument that well, if a game doesn't sell well, then that those developers won't get more funding in the future, but whatever, right. that's more complicated. But at the point at which you're buying a used game, that's just the secondary market. Like, that, that uh-huh. none of that money is finding its way back. There's no moral argument for buying a secondhand game over emulating it. Nope.
0: There really isn't. Um, but this is... uh, In in the a, a same, what, eight-day span that they... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, did a victory lap about sending that guy to prison. Sending Um, Bowser to jail. Sending sending Gary Bowser to jail. Okay,
1: like is funny that his name is Bowser, but it's not funny that they prosecuted this guy.
0: It's Uh, like I I I keep getting tweeted at that it's like this guy was not good, and blah blah. Like, listen, I don't care. Like, I honestly don't care. Like, this guy should not have been sent to prison for four years over shit like this. This is Nintendo. Um like we you you can figure out ways to basically get this operation out from under the sky or whatever the fuck is happening. This is and what was so disgusting about it was the press release that they sent out. Mm-hmm. I mean, they sent out a presser that was super celebratory over a four year prison sentence for this guy which is i don't know it's just really tacky he was
1: fined uh 14.5 million dollars
0: yes yeah but in addition to spending in four years in to, prison uh yes
1: it's a uh, 40-month sentence
0: 40-month sentence so yes. so a little over three years and but, this was um, for
1: uh developing and selling mod chips and uh jailbreaking uh jailbreaking nintendo software
0: yep 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 um, and so within eight days, they did this. They announced that Earthbound, a game that they they have put on other consoles before, they have released several times. Uh, they basically announced in Nintendo Direct, Oh, hey, by the way, this is now on Nintendo mm-hmm. Switch mm-hmm. Online, so give us a pat on the back. Then the same week, they announced a remake of Live Alive, one of the most obscure mm-hmm. games in, uh, in recent history. Um, and and now they announce all this stuff. So Nintendo is just kind of wild. All the while, they are allegedly uh, lying about the existence of a, of a more powerful Nintendo Switch, <laughs> which they, they have been for like two years.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Nintendo is wild. I think I, I am a person that is a massive fan of a lot of things that Nintendo has done. And sure, yeah. that nostalgia brain stuff, I get it. But like, you got to take off those glasses at some point and look at Nintendo as a company it doesn't give a shit about your ability to play the stuff that it, it as long as they got you once they don't give a shit about you again yeah. like they got you once they don't need to do anything else to allow you to play the stuff that they've already made that's very clear by their um by their history with this kind of stuff and uh yeah but yeah those 130 games on the uh, Nintendo Switch online you'll be able to you'll be able to play those until they shut down that system
1: yeah um, it's um i mean yeah and it's you know it's a broader uh it isn't just Nintendo i mean they they yeah, they've had a really egregious week yes. um it is a a broader problem uh yeah. with the move to online um online retail you know things like uh, companies lose licenses and those games just get pulled from Steam forever. Right. And uh if you don't have a physical copy or or can can't emulate them, you're out of luck. Right. So it is like that that, you know, move to digital is convenient in a lot of ways. And and I appreciate not having to have a ton of cases and stuff everywhere. But this is one of those moments when I think we do have to like look at the the sort of seamy underbelly of it, uh right. and the downsides, which are that Okay, basically, all of the control is in the hands of these companies, who at any time can just decide they're turning yep. off the switch.
0: Yes, they can turn off the switch. No pun intended, <laughs> or pun. I don't, it doesn't. It doesn't even really work as a pun. Honestly, you just said switch, and I was like, huh, oh, <laughs> that's the name of the console." Ah, <laughs> oh, Merritt. It's uh, it's only Wednesday when we're recording this, and I'm very tired.
1: Well. Anyway. We're all tired.
0: We're all tired. Thanks for stopping by and hanging out.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Thanks again to Merit uh, for chatting with me about Nintendo and all their shenanigans. Let's uh, pick up some other top stories of the week, including the most bizarre story so far of 2022, in my opinion. Uh, It's all about The Sims 4 and its brand new expansion pack, My Wedding Stories. Now, you can get married and have a relationship in The Sims already, but this pack expands on a lot of the uh, systems and motifs of love and marriage. And the marketing features a lesbian couple predominantly, which is something that they are doing for the very first time, which is great course uh the problem is is that they the ea decided not to release this expansion in russia due to a federal law in russia uh that uh that prohibits quote gay propaganda end quote from being released in the country and they've defined gay propaganda as products that would aim at quote causing minors to form non-traditional uh, sexual predispositions, notions of attractiveness of non-traditional sexual relationships, distorted ideas about the equal social value of traditional and non-traditional sexual, sexual relationships, or imposing information about non-traditional sexual relationships, which raises interest in such relationships, insofar as these acts do not amount to a criminal offense. End quote. Uh, that is from Human Rights Group, uh, Article 19. That. That's that translation. And Gita Jackson over at Motherboard did a ton of great reporting on this, and this is where I'm getting the bulk of my information here. Uh, but I also lurked online on Twitter for a long time looking at uh, how people were talking about this. And the interesting thing that Gita, of course, gets into in their piece uh, is that the, the community uh, really rallied against this move from EA. They're saying that actually keeping this out of Russia is uh, tantamount to uh, discrimination against LGBTQ people. Uh, over in Russia, uh, and all it would simply take is for them to slap an 18-plus on the box, and it's fine. Now, already, The Sims and all of its expansion packs are already 18-plus over in Russia, uh, so I'm not sure why that's being brought up, but Uh, EA felt like they would have to change too much about their game in order to release it in Russia without being in violation of this law. Now, after a lot of backlash from the community, as well as influencers, influencers and content creators basically said they're not going to be doing any sort of content creation with the new expansion pack unless it was also released in Russia. And EA uh, just earlier this week relented and said that they will be indeed releasing My Wedding Stories in Russia. After all, uh, when we reached out to EA for comment on this, uh, it is uh, they gave us a very interesting uh, and concise uh, (laughs) response. Uh, It said, quote, we can't comment beyond what's in the post. The post being, of course, what they said uh, after the fact, uh, but they said they were going to release the game in Russia anyway. Uh, But there's a line that can help explain it as best as possible. We have reassessed our options and realized we can do more than we initially believed. That's what EA said to Ken Shepard when Ken Shepard reached out for comment. Thanks, of course, to Ken Shepard for staying on this. Um, Gita Jackson actually reached out to the State Department uh, for for some information and opinion about uh, how American companies basically navigate these discrimination laws in other countries. And they said, quote, looking at the announcement, it appears that the manufacturer had very clear reasons for their decision. So basically, nothing, nothing of of note. Uh, Gita is still investigating this stuff. You can catch all the reporting over at Motherboard. Uh, maybe we'll get to chat with them at some point if this uh, if this story story continues to develop. Uh, but also, yeah, keep an eye out on our site. We've, we've reached out for EA for a comment, and maybe we'll get some more answers as the story develops as well. Uh, but kind of a weird one. I I am. I understand the arguments of, I think, both camps. Uh, I do think it's a little strange to, um, you know, change a game and basically say, yes, it's okay if this is labeled gay propaganda, um, because that's, to me, that's kind of more selling out than if you just decide not to put the game out. Um, But I do understand the emotionality of this Uh, This decision, Uh, what was odd is that there was a hashtag created over the weekend, uh, which was used very, very often to uh, push back against the idea that uh, the wedding story should not be released in Russia. Uh, And a lot of those users, I'll just say, were a little suspect Uh, the way that they were creating accounts and basically creating accounts over the weekend and over the week and uh, very suddenly um, appearing out of nowhere and using the hashtag a lot. That's all I'll say. It's a little strange. Uh, the story is uh, very interesting, though, and I think it will have far-reaching consequences as far as uh, how companies react to uh, extremely homophobic laws that happen in other places. I mean, we've seen homophobic laws about media pop up in Russia, in China, and other places, and we will start to see, I'm sure, uh, more companies intersect with these laws in meaningful ways. This is just the latest in that battle. Moving on to Cyberpunk 2077. Earlier this week, uh, CD Projekt Red say, "Hey, we're gonna make a we're gonna make a stream. Talk about Cyberpunk." everybody thought hey we might actually see some next gen stuff now because the console versions of this game are still last gen uh, and they don't run well Uh, the PC version is really the only one that runs consistently well and so everyone's been waiting to see if a uh, console update for next gen was going to fix a lot of issues that update is live already when they started screaming they said hey 1.5 is out now the next gen versions a bunch of other updates Uh, let's go so let's go through some of it so what that means is that this game now has a Xbox Three, uh, X, Xbox 360 an Xbox Series X and S as well as a PlayStation 5 version specifically before you were playing an Xbox One version that might be up a bit on Xbox Series X and of course a PlayStation 4 version that might be a bit up on PlayStation 5. Now those versions of the game did not run well uh, the PC version is really the only one that's run consistently well and even then that's a little bit of a stretch uh, but CD Projekt Red is making a ton of updates to 1.5 uh, and so yeah you can go Grab the next gen version of those console games right now. They are, uh, for all intents and purposes, much closer to the 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 working, mostly stable PC version of that game. It's still that game still has a lot of issues. I want to be really clear. It's not just the bugs. It's not just uh, you know some of the wonkiness that we can talk about in a second. Uh, it's it's just quest design. It's like the way the city actually lives and breathes. There's stuff that like the flow of the game is a little bit strange in a way that would necessitate something much more than a patch. So this game still has a lot of problems. You can listen to our very, very long review podcast of this game over on the channel F feed uh, from ages ago. Uh, That was a fun podcast. It's very long. I think it was about two and a half hours long. Um, And yeah, we didn't really like this game all that much. I played a lot of it on PC in 2021. It's better now complicated though uh but let's get to the changes i'm i'm telling you too much about what i think um (laughs) you can change v's appearance now which is a really big deal because you couldn't do that before and in a game about cyberpunk about changing your appearance and appearances being everything that seemed very strange so that's that's one thing um you can basically uh, skip forward a specific amount of hours. You can do waiting, kind of like you could do in Skyrim. Uh, there'll be uh, cr- crowd AI and NPC AI will be a little bit better. There might be even NPCs that attack you. Uh, this is um, uh, extends to cars as well. So traffic AI was abysmal in this game and now it's a bit better. There are new gigs and little new, uh, new rewards for doing gigs and things like that if you do basically basically uh, all of the missions for some of the side quest givers they'll actually give you something at the end of it instead of it just kind of ending the quest line like it used to um, there's a lot of stuff so there's like new weapons uh, new apartments that you can get as V which is cool uh, a brand new hairdresser mirror um, some a lot of rebalancing of uh, economy stuff which is a big deal because I think the economy stuff is pretty broken uh, new ray tracing that's in the next gen versions um, uh, a lot of Visual quality updates, uh, like some dual sense controller stuff for PS5. Now, a lot of the crowd and and like visual AI component stuff that's being added to the next gen versions, that's not coming to PS4 and Xbox uh, Xbox One. So, if you have those versions and not the next gen versions or PC, um, you're not getting some of these updates. You're getting like the weapons, you're getting some of the like quality of life updates, but a lot of the visuals and a lot of like the AI changes, those aren't coming to those. Ah, uh, the the last gen versions, um, ray tracing, uh, FPS boost, uh, FP- FPS boosts, all that stuff. That's that's all coming. Well, that's all here uh, in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven at this point. So, if you haven't tried this game, go check it out. Uh, I I you know I don't necessarily want to reward CD Projekt Red for some of the weird decisions they made. There are still odd jokes in this game. There's still bad writing. There's still some very clear kind of like racial stuff that's not great in this game. There's some transphobia stuff that's not great in this game. That stuff, as far as I know, is still there. Last time I played, it, it was still there too. So, yeah, keep that, keep that, keep that in mind. Uh, but there are quality of life improvements here enough to warrant maybe something to check out if you like a game a bit like Fallout, um, but Fallout New Vegas. The Bethesda line of games. This kind of reminds me of that more than something like The Witcher 3, actually. Hey, have you heard of Lost Ark? It's a it's an isometric uh, RPG, action RPG. It's also an MMO. Launched on PC uh, a couple weeks ago, and boy, it is crushing concurrent records on Steam. 1.3 million concurrents uh, this past weekend. Um, check it out. Uh, Amazon published this game in the West. This was a Korean uh, Korean game um, that you know was super popular over there. It Came over here, and it is just setting the world on fire. There are some MMO like queue waits, so you may not be used to that if you're playing uh, an action RPG. Uh, But there's a lot of stuff going for this game, and a lot of my timeline is loving it. Uh, That's really all. We have some guides up on fanbite.com if you want to check those out. Lost Ark is one of those big surprises of the year so far. Uh, I think um, um, a lot of people maybe thought New New World would be kind of one of those big hits, but that was kind of a flash in the pan. I feel like Lost Ark is going to be around for a while, and if you want to check it out, you know, let us let us know what you think. Uh, some of us over at the site like it quite a bit. Um, Baldur's great. G- Baldur's great. Well, Baldur, Baldur is great. Uh, Baldur's gate three uh, has about a year left in early access. The launch of Baldur's gate three is going to happen in 2023. They're not planning development on this game. After that point, Uh Larian studios uh, said, this is basically at the end stage of development uh, and they're going to release a number of patches in early access before the full game comes out. Um, and, uh, and yeah, uh, that's an early access right now it's a pretty cool game i played through a bit of it i know uh, ken shepherd and some other folks on the site have played through it i uh, really like it a lot and uh and yeah it's it's very cool if you like a lot of decision making in your rpgs uh this is uh, a a, 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 a perfect game I think there's a lot of little things that you can decide and do in this game a lot of characters a lot of choices uh, and it's very very interesting uh, that's about it for this week in terms of uh, news uh, there's a lot of little stuff going on you can always check out fanby.com of course and the news section Imran Khan and Kenneth Shepard do a great job there um, but, uh, but yeah uh, we will keep an eye on some of these stories especially that Sims wedding thing I think that's a really fascinating story for 2022 <laughs> We have arrived at the final week of the February Games Deluge. We made it, folks. Um unfortunately for our attentions and wallets and Sleep schedules this week may be the worst of them all. So let's go through it. Uh, Starting on February 22nd, we have Monarch coming to PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Switch and PC, uh, and Soul Cresta on PlayStation 4, Switch and PC, and the big one on February 22nd, Destiny 2, The Witch Queen. The very highly anticipated Destiny 2 expansion Uh, creates a lot of new mysteries, answers some mysteries. I'm super excited about it. Not maybe not to play it cuz they haven't sucked me back in yet totally. But everyone on crew here who plays Destiny or has ever played Destiny is super interested in what the Witch Queen has to offer. That's out February 5th. Fe- pff, sorry. Pff, February 22nd. PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, Google Stadia, haha, and PC. Um, there is going to be a ton of coverage on our website, of course. Uh, both guides, features, we'll probably do some streams. It's a really big release for us at fanby.com. So uh, come by, come by the site, check out check out all the stuff we're, we're working on. Uh, February 23rd, we have Edge of Eternity coming to Switch. Uh, on February 24th, we have Never Alone coming to Nintendo Switch. Also on November, uh, February 24th, we have Martha is Dead. Don't tell Batman Uh, on uh, coming to February. Why do I keep saying February instead of PlayStation? My brain is fried. I'm so sorry. (laughs) PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X and S and Xbox one, as well as PC, February 25th into the week. Another big day. Uh, we have Grid Legends. That's a uh that's a Codemasters joint. So if you like uh rally racing um that those those folks make games for, uh that's a that's a new big one coming to PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series, XS, Xbox One, and PC. And Atelier Sophie 2, the Alchemist of Mysterious Dream coming to PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, and PC on February 25th. And then probably the most anticipated release of 2022, and I believe it's going to stay that way throughout the year. It's it's something that we're all super excited about. It's Elden Ring. Vile Tarnished. Elden Ring. Uh, coming to PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, we will have day one coverage of that. As soon as those embargoes drop, we're going to have coverage of this game guides, review, podcasts, you name it. And that is nothing compared to the massive eight, six or eight. I can't remember. I think it's eight, eight hour marathon stream on twitch.tv slash fanbite. Merit K going to be playing Elden Ring, going to be playing a FromSoft game at launch for the very first time. If you liked what we did with Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3, and Bloodborne, you're going to love going through Elden Ring for the very first time with Merritt uh, that's going to be a blast. We have guests. We have Adam Conover. We have Pat Gill from Polygon. We have Ben Pack from uh, from Giant Bomb. Um, we're super excited to have guests. Of course, if you like us, the Fanbyte crew will we'll also be hanging out on the couch as well. That's going to be big. So that's on February 25th over at twitchtv fanbite and of course, again, we'll have a ton of coverage of the game on the website itself. Okay. We finally made it. Uh, we don't have a lot of information about uh, the uh, uh, the um, Game Pass and PlayStation Plus stuff for March yet uh, because we it's just a little bit early for that. But uh, next week's episode, we will go over everything that's going to be coming and going from those platforms in March. Uh, yeah. So keep it right here. that is going to do it for this week's episode. I want to thank my guest Merrick K for stopping by talking to me about Nintendo's blunder their lack of preservation skills. I mean, this, this goes for a bunch of stuff in the industry. And also emulation. That was a super interesting conversation. Um, thank you so much, Merit. If you want to find Merit on Twitter, you can do so at Merrit K. Uh, and also, she uh, streams with us all the time, mostly on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Uh, we have that huge Elden Ring stream coming up at the end of this week on the 25th uh, that Merritt K will be hosting. So please check that out. Uh, Paul Tamayo is my producer. He's 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 my rock. Mm -hmm. He is my inspiration. Mm -hmm. And you can find Paul on Twitter at Paulie Mayo. And of course, he produces other podcasts here on the Fanbyte Podcast Network. Uh, You can hear all of those at podcastnet.org. You can find me at FloppyAdult on Twitter. You can find Fanbyte Media at Fanbyte Media, of course, and also fanbite.com. where you can find all of our excellent writing fanbyte.casa is our excellent discord community please join it tell us what's wrong with the site what's going right with it talk about pets and and food and uh, video games we do a ton of stuff over on discord it's great that's fanbyte.casa uh all right folks until next week you are welcome